Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today I have two guests, actor and director Alex Winter and author, producer, and radio host Ahmet Zappa. They're here to discuss the documentary film Zappa about the late singer, musician, and composer Frank Zappa. What makes the film special is that it was made with the approval from Ahmet's mother and Zappa's late wife, Gail. This gave Alex access to hundreds of rare and intimate recordings Frank Zappa made, most of which have never been heard or seen before. I should note that this interview was recorded in mid-November. Um, I guess the first thing is let's let's just talk about your film Zappa. Um, where did the idea to make the film Zappa come from, and why do you think in 2020 um, you want people to see a film about him? You know, I was finishing another doc, and and my producer and I were were huddled together and wondering what we were going to do next, and also why there had never been a comprehensive documentary made about Zappa's life. Uh, and I'm a fan, uh, but I would say more than a, a fan of 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 or in addition to being a big fan of the music, because I was a big fan of the music, uh, I was really struck by who he was and the extraordinary life that he led. And uh, he was not only a a brilliant musician and composer, but he was very engaged with the times in which he lived and very active politically uh, and socially in terms of uh, social consciousness and civic engagement, things like that. I also felt that we, we lived in a period, I guess because of the internet and sort of certain changes in culture, um, where someone like Zappa may even be more understandable than he was in his own time, just given that more people do multiple things well. Uh, it's less confusing uh, than it was, I think, back in that day where people really didn't know what box to put him in. Uh, so we set about trying to get this thing off the ground, and that was about six years ago, and it was a very mammoth undertaking uh once we got the rights to tell his story we had to preserve his vault which took us a couple of years uh and a great deal of money so it became uh more than we bargained for but a very <laughs> very gratifying project nonetheless well i got a couple of faults first is as a filmmaker i mean when you have something that takes a problem that takes longer than you expect um how do you keep yourself motivated and the people who are working on this doc with you motivated well Thankfully, in the case of Zappa, um, and this is, I think, a testament to him more than anything, the archival material was just incredibly fascinating uh, and deep. And once we, the very, very beginning of the process, once we even went into the vault and began to identify what was down there, everyone got incredibly intrigued. Even if they were younger members of my team, someone who may even have been born after Zappa died or didn't know who he was much at all. It, it's just an inarguably rich territory. And so that it, it became, I wouldn't say an obsession, um, though <laughs> uh, to uh, throw you guys too much of a bone here, but it was uh, extremely compelling material and it got everyone very excited. Obviously, you know, for me and Mike Nichols, uh, the editor, we were completely blown away. You know, while the family was was well aware there was a vault and and saw you know what was scribbled on the sides of boxes, it was a it was a, a major uh, point of discovery and journey of discovery for them as well. We were just finding gold every day. 
you just you have no idea what's on the tapes um, until they're they're gone through and contextualized because something written on the spine of a box is not necessarily what's in there. And this this process of making the film has there's been many discoveries. It's been very emotional. And I think Alex has done a wonderful job and I'm so excited for people to see the movie. What does it mean that you're actually going to have an audience for this uh, film finally? I mean, it's very exciting. Uh, once we even got over the fact that we were sitting in a global pandemic that might kill everybody. And obviously that was the first and foremost thing on our mind uh, for quite some time. But docs are like this are, you know, this was a true labor of love. We spent many years on it. We've all worked very hard. It's been very challenging and very stressful to make. Uh, we were very much looking forward to putting it up in front of lots of people at a festival and rolling it out, which of course didn't come to pass. So Look, we're we're really excited that that we're working with Magnolia, and they've done they've done an incredible job of rolling us out amidst COVID. And we have gotten it up in front of quite a few people so far uh, through the virtual film festivals, and and the response has been really really powerful, and we're very grateful for it. It certainly seems to be hitting a broader audience than I expected. Um, certainly what you hope for, but, but you can't really expect it. And I, and I do think that Zappa is Zappa. So we're really grateful that we're getting the response that we're getting for it. I second that. I mean, the, the, the feeling from, from the, from the handful of people that have been able to uh, see it that aren't necessarily connected to us as filmmakers and the family and all of that, the, the messages that I've got have been very, enthusiastic and emotional and, and, you know, just, just the, the process to, to get to this, this point has had so many, uh, you know, highs and lows. And certainly before COVID happened, we were, we were ready to get on a plane and, and see people and show them this wonderful movie that Alex made. He's the director. He's got final cut. You know, he, he established this relationship with my mother um, which was hard enough. I mean, to to get the movie made, uh, even from that standpoint, was um, a powerful journey, and trust had to be established because I sat in many meetings with with my mother, where other filmmakers had had approached her to do a, a movie, and they were all they were all shot down. and And I think it's a testament to Alex, his creativity, his authenticity as a human being, um, his, uh, point of view on, on life. Cause he, you know, he brings all of that, uh, into his filmmaking and certainly his respect for the subject matter. Cause you know, no one has ever had access to the media that, uh, was in the vaults. So, you know, to get, um, Gail's blessing and uh, she had every intention of being here and, and beating her cancer. Um, and it's sad that she, you know, uh, is not here to see it, but I know that, she really felt like, obviously, she felt like the, this film was in good hands with Alex because she had never given someone the access uh, that she gave to Alex and, and, and the belief that she had in him. So it's, it's like a, there's so many emotional things going on with this movie that I'm so proud of. Um, I pinch myself uh, that people, I think, will have a greater understanding of Frank. Uh, the movie is very honest. Um, Alex pulled no punches and, and we wanted him to do that. Someone who our family is always fighting for artist rights. You know, this was very much like Alex, make your movie. We're hands off. You have the access. And I just, I'm thrilled. 
It sounds like you did have the final cut on this film and you had oversight. You didn't have anyone looking over your shoulder. What is that like to have that as a, as a director? Well, I insist on it. So I'm, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Look, when you're making, when you're telling stories about subjects of this nature, you have to be able to control the creative for that work to have any integrity. And you also have to be able to control the work to make it worth investing that much time and, and energy in it without the possibility of it being directed in, in a manner that, that is completely you know, anathema to, to your vision. So it's a, it is a, uh, it's not really an onerous demand on my part. So really what it means literally isn't some kind of haughty, auteuristic nonsense. Um, it, 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 just, it just means that we want to be able to invest the time to craft a story that we believe in um, and that does not get uh, hampered um, in some way that just becomes you know, an overtly commercial property uh, but but let me be clear. I mean, this was this was a team effort. Um, you know, Mike Nichols, uh, the editor, and myself, and Ahmet, and his and the team over at Zappa, and Joe Travers, the Vaultmeister, and like there were so many people who had their hands in this media for years, and uh, it really just fell upon us to make sure us, meaning I think myself and Mike Nichols, who were really with it the most day after day, to make sure that we built a story that we felt had heart and coherence and was compelling. So early in the film, there's a scene where um, uh, Frank is talking about growing up as a kid, how his household had gas masks, like a lot of households did, and that he used to play with it on pretending it was a space helmet. Everybody that lived in the project had to have gas masks in their house in case the tanks of mustard gas broke. So the, the toys that I remember growing up with were the little chemical beakers that my father would bring home and the gas masks that were hanging in the hall closet. And I used to wear that out in the yard and run around in it, and I thought it was a space helmet. I'm wondering, are there other um, other things that came up through all this footage and archives that just really touched you or that you were surprised by? Uh, there's tons of things that, that, if, that we had no idea that was there. I mean, all the stuff with, you know, when you lose your mother and father um, and... You know, now you're seeing all this footage of Frank. There's lots of family archival stuff. Um, there's lots of audio of like my mom and dad and, you know, them playing with us or conversations. So a lot of, there's so much, so many things that, you know, aren't in the film, but, but have been now saved and preserved and were discovered that, you know, would make, make me weep. Curious, Alex, were, were there things that got you, got you emotional, you know? <laughs> well, it was a constant stream of emotional material, uh, constant, because, and I suspected this, because anyone who has the public image of being aloof or evasive or cold, uh, which some people, not all, but some certainly uh, referred to Zappa that way, I knew that that would not be who he was, because no human being is that. I was very grateful to immediately find hours and hours and hours of first-person interviews and commentary from from Zappa, a lot of which was on camera, and and then uh, another vast bulk was on audio, uh, because he would just sit in the basement and stick a camera on himself and talk to his friends, 
and he loved people and he loved talking to people. He was not just, you know, pontificating um, for his, his subjects. He was engaged in, in dialogue. Um, so they were really rigorous and lovely and emotional first person accounts of things that interested them all through the decades. So that became kind of our guide, uh, our kind of North star for how to build our narrative. And we didn't need all of it and we didn't use all of it. Um, and we certainly took liberties both with his life and with his POV in order to tell the story we wanted to tell, which is, which is our duty as filmmakers is to lie like crazy. But, but it was very emotional and very beautiful. And he was such a curious artistic person that from the very beginning of his life, he was observing and responding to things either cinematically because he began really as a filmmaker in his youth. Um, and he remained a filmmaker while he made music. He was always filming or videoing things and cutting them together and recutting them. And so you really had a sense for his perspective, but also for his curiosity about, about himself and the people around him and the world around him. I read someone say that uh, Zappa doesn't have casual fans and that his fans are very obsessed with him. And I'm wondering, Ahmed, when, at what age did you realize that people, that how, how Frank Zappa was Frank Zappa and how he meant so much to other people besides just you and your family? I mean, to the other people that I grew up with, uh, their dad could have, you know, owned a restaurant or worked at a gas station or, you know, whatever it is. Their, 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 their mother and father had jobs and mine was just, he was a musician and he was gone a lot. And, when you grow up uh, under those sort of circumstances, I was aware that people would come to the house and want to speak with him, but I, it was never like, uh, I was just, it was just, it was just normal. I, I can look back on it now and I totally understand how extraordinary that is because of the people that would visit. That was always very exciting. You know, I, I mean, really <laughs> very like you just people would ring the doorbell random strangers that would want to say hi on down to you know musicians and and actors and directors and there wasn't a lot of friends coming over for a hangout it might be someone that stopped by and and then uh, a conversation would start but it was it was more everything everything kind of felt to enhance the people that would come by it was it was related to you know furthering some either project or to have a conversation about something, you know, that was happening politically. So all the, all the, I guess that was unique in, in, in the things that were happening in the world. There was always having, there were always conversations somehow my, my, my father would be brought into them. You know, that, that I understood to be pretty, pretty unique. Since we were talking kind of before you hopped on, I'm at about, uh, how Zappa is, in a weird way, really kind of perfect for the internet generation. And um, it, I'm just curious what it would be like had he had access to some of the media and tools and the platform of the internet. But um, I'm curious, in a, in a bigger sense, what do you each hope that people take away from, your, from the film Zappa? I think what really compelled me to spend this much time in Zappa's world was a belief that his story was was singularly interesting and emotional and dramatic and compelling and timely. Uh, and so it really wasn't made for the diehard fan. It certainly wasn't made not for them. Um, we've had an ex a really extraordinary response from the diehard fans. But 
but really it was made for just someone who wants to watch a good movie because it's a really great story. And we, we tried to tell that story well, but so it's really for anybody. I, I mean, for me, I think that in this generation, if Frank was still alive and, and, you know, he would have been, he'd be turning 80 in December. I, I think the, the way that technology has transformed itself to where uh, artists have more um, access to, to make things and collaborate. Um, I think Frank, if he was still with us, he never would have stopped working and recording music. I think he would have had this whole other, um, there'd be so much more music. I mean, I, I, the fact that he worked up until uh, he absolutely couldn't anymore until he was bedridden, I wish he was here because there would have been a lot of great collaborations, I think, with with a bunch of different kinds of artists. And I don't know if he'd be touring as much, which would have been a great benefit because we would have been able to finally spend more time with him, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wish, uh, I, I hope that the movie kind of can show people who watch it the, the power that they have, the creative powers they have within themselves and you can hopefully there's an example here of Frank as someone who always, you know, stuck to his own artistic instincts, but also fought for artist rights. And I hope it inspires more people to to do that. And and I I love this movie for so many reasons. You know, the number one being the the hope I think for my mother was that more people would understand the mind of a composer. And I think that this movie does deliver on that. And uh, that makes me my heart smile, and and I think that that's that's uh, is making my mother and father smile from above. Um, the name of this podcast is called "I'm So Obsessed," and I'm wondering for both of you, what are each of you currently obsessed with? Oh, Lord. I mean, I'm obsessed with getting this movie released to the public. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we've been, we were going to, you know, we were going to roll this thing out seven months ago. And you got to understand, you know, we raised, in order to preserve the, the endangered material in the vault, we raised a million and a quarter in a Kickstarter campaign. We have almost 10,000 backers who are lovely, and I, I wish I didn't know so many of them by name because it's somewhat tragic that I do. But, um, but you know, so I've got 10,000 equally obsessed people sort of poised on the knife edge waiting to get a bunch of stuff and to see the film that they helped. Uh, so, I mean, it's really been a, tit a titanic undertaking. I'm very proud of it. And, and real fast, you, your Kickstarter, I believe, raised the most money for any documentary film ever. Is that true? Yeah, it was, it was, it raised the most for a doc related project. I mean, you know, those, all of those kinds of listicles I take with a grain of salt um, <laughs> uh, because we, we really were at the end of the day, mostly an archival preservation project. Um, but it was in the service of, of the film. That was a hundred percent true. And obviously we use all of that footage to make the film, but I think, you know, for those docs that came out and, and, you know, raised, half a million or 800,000 to actually go make their movies They're, I think they deserve a lot of kudos, frankly. And Amit, what are you currently obsessed with? Well, uh, yeah, I, I share Alex's, you know, sentiment. We're really focused and excited 
to have people finally see the movie. But my head as a father just goes right to my, my kids. You know, I'm obsessed with them, uh, the good things of COVID, you know, aside from, uh, I mean, if there is any good, it's, it's really been, I get to spend more time with the kids and, and working from home, deeper connections. So I'm totally obsessed with them. Uh, around the holidays, it just makes me think of Frank, you know, as he passed away uh, in December, his birthday's in December. Uh, so all of these, it's just an emotional time, you know, it's hard to contextualize that. And then there's so much activity around Frank in the household now and to see them interested and, um, and to see them wanting to know more about my dad, it, you know, it's bittersweet, you know, uh, mostly sweet though. Just for sake of time, I want to hit a couple questions and then we'll do pick one and get out of here. But, uh, Alex, now you've made um, a bunch of documentaries. Um, you're, you have that really excellent one on the Panama Papers. You had uh, Showbiz Kids that's on HBO, uh, Trust Machine, The Story of Blockchain. I'm wondering where do you see your film Zappa fitting into kind of your documentary filmmaker's bookshelf? I'm very interested in subjects that are not obviously black or white, you know, good or evil, uh, virtuous or not, um, but but fall more within the grays of where human nature really lies. And docs are very, very good at, at, at telling those kinds of stories. And so Zappa to me is, is fits squarely within that. That's why I wanted to do it. Uh, he is an extremely contradictory person. Um, he's paradoxical. He's polarizing. Uh, he's multifaceted, but he's also a human being. And I, I really like spending time with people like that. And when you make documentaries, you're spending an enormous amount of time with your subjects. So they have to be compelling to you. Um, so he fits right in with, with I think, with other you know, characters that I've focused on in, in other documentaries that I've made. And then, then one just a quick word, because last time we talked, we were, uh, we were right before the release of Bill and Ted Face the Music, which um, was also obviously affected by COVID and being released online. I'm curious, like, is there something you, now that you're on the other side of that, is what was that experience like? And there's something you're taking away from that that you're applying to Zappa and its release online, quote unquote? Um, honestly, it's really not mundane, but it's more bureaucratic. We, we learned an enormous amount um, releasing Bill and Ted into a COVID environment. And it took us a great deal of time to figure it out. And it took the studio a great deal of time to figure it out. And everyone... It was all hands on deck. And I think the, the, a, a lot of that has been applied here. Um, I certainly learned an enormous amount. And as an independent filmmaker, frankly, I, I already knew a lot about uh, unorthodox or unconventional distribution models. I've been doing that my whole life uh, since I hmm. really released Freaked in 93 and my film Fever in 99. Um, I mean, I was literally distributing the second one myself into independent cinemas around the world and dealing with you know, box office returns and then DVD and v, you know, video. Uh, so it's a world you kind of live in if you do this kind of work. But this is a whole other scale. So I've been able to bring a lot of what we learned with Bill and Ted in, into this um, this climate. And, you know, um, as Ahmet knows, and he can speak to it. It's, it's you know, we were, we were on the phone 15 minutes ago figuring out stuff that we're doing. It, what it means largely is you really don't stop. It's not about an opening weekend. It's about platforming the film over and over and over again in different ways. And we're doing that on Bill and Ted. We've been doing press on that since August and I've got press, you know, for the next two months on that movie. 
um, and Zappa will be a very long rollout similarly. Um, do you want to say anything about the releasing um, Zappa during COVID? And um, even though it is going to be in the theater, it will likely mostly be seen online? Yeah, I, I mean, in our world, uh, I, I look, I wish that COVID wasn't happening because it would be great to to honestly spend time with fans they're going to the movie. I was, I was looking forward to that. It's kind of like, uh, you know, if you play a concert and, and having those moments after the show and, um, you know, talking with people, you know, I was looking forward to that kind of social aspect. And I love, uh, I love going to the movies. I, you know, I want everyone to recover. Um, that's kind of like the most sacred, one of the most sacred things, uh, in my life is, is going to, to see films and specifically, you know, docs. So, um, you know, from, from that aspect, uh, the places that can play it, um, I hope people do safely see it. Um, I'm, I, I love that there's still an opportunity for people to experience the movie at home, which is, you know, what I'm doing now. Um, but it's, it's not all dissimilar from, uh, how we normally do things at Zappa anyways. Right. So a lot of the hard work that we're doing on our end is, um, you know, keeping that conversation going and making sure that if people do want to see the film, they, they have a clear path to discover it. And I'm happy to speak with anyone who, you know, wants to have a, a conversation because I'm really enamored of the hard work that the entire team has put into the film. But really, is and I've said this so many times, and um, I'll say till I'm blue in the face every day of my life, the the extraordinary patience and work ethic and hard work that uh, not just you know I mean we, we, we love Frank so we do it on our end we we would do it anyways um, but to have people really show up and do an exceptional job like Alex and Mike and, and Glenn and all, everyone all the backers you know it's it's uh, you know I'm just in awe of that and and uh, and I'll do whatever it takes to help people, you know, if, if we can take their minds off of the world uh, and they can learn something about Frank. I mean, that's, that's all a blessing on, uh, as, as it pertains to me, because then I get to talk about one of my favorite topics of all time, my dad. So like, you know, I'm, it's enjoyable, you know? Okay, I want to wrap things up with a, we do a thing called pick one. I give you a couple options. You pick one. Doesn't mean it's the best one, though it can mean that. And I'd like to play that with both of you guys. Um, the first one I have is actor, writer, producer, or director. And for you, Amit, you can add publisher and musician to that list. Which one do you pick? Oh, wow. Um, look, Ronnie James Dio, musician. I love him. You know, uh, I love his voice. And I love these things about dragons, witches, and warlocks. And other people who don't like that, they can go fuck themselves because Ronnie James Dio is the shit. He's the greatest. <laughs> I mean, those two Black Sabbath records that he made, Heaven and Hell, Mob Rules, you're welcome. Your ears are welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know what? I, I The thing I, that pulled me to Zappa personally is that I've always – liked being a creative artist and not assigning myself some kind of definable uh, category for where, how that's expressed. And I was raised that way. My, my dad ran a dance comp company and he was an architect 
and he was an interior designer and he was a film editor and he did all those things pretty damn well, actually, because he worked hard at them. Um, uh, so I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I, I thought the question was pick one for any of those categories. What's that? Yeah. I thought the question was like pick someone who you like out of those categories. I wasn't talking about like <laughs> defining the position for yourself. Yeah, I can answer for Alex. If you haven't seen Alex Lombada doing the Forbidden Dance, yeah, I mean, wow. dancer for you, Alex, all day. <laughs> that's the, that's your passion. That's your number one, bro. I want to thank Alex and Amit for chatting with me and I want to thank you for listening you can watch Zappa on video on demand services like Amazon Prime and YouTube also please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app and if you really like this episode please rate it until next time take care